Hello, I'm Brad Riley, and you're listening to Forming the Spirit Within, a podcast where you'll find such things as in-depth Bible studies, some classes I teach on a variety of spiritual matters, as well as some conversations I want to have with you and others along the way, all of which I hope will inspire you to a deeper life in Jesus Christ. In his second Corinthian letter, St. Paul the Apostle described our lives as a process of transformation that comes to us by looking full into the face of Jesus. And as we behold His glory, we are transformed into His glorious likeness in ever-increasing measure. What an amazing thought, that we can be transformed into the very glory of Jesus. That is my prayer for you, that in some small way this podcast will help you in your transformation from glory into even greater glory, as Christ forms His Spirit within you. I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and not only listen, but join in on the conversation with a question or a comment. Thanks so much for listening, and may the Lord be with you. There, we've officially started the audio. Well, good evening, everyone. It is officially 7 o'clock. Welcome to a special edition of Forming the Spirit Within. Forming the Spirit Within is the podcast ministry that I have. Usually when I go live on Facebook, that podcast ministry is uh, maybe just a short video of inspiration and, and always try to do the Bible study live, which is an in-depth Bible study. But uh, I'm, we're here. This is therapist Scott Spradlin, a very good friend and a, and a colleague, and we work together here. We're sitting in the offices here at the North Star Therapy Center. That's right. We're here at North Star. And tell us just a little bit quickly <clears throat> about North Star Therapy Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Well, North Star Therapy was uh, f- was founded by and owned by Mariah Warden, who incidentally is my fiance. Yes, that's a very important detail. I was hoping you'd bring that up. <laughs> so she's a licensed clinical social worker and a certified life coach and uh, lots of other credentials. She specializes a lot of work with uh, ADHD for, you know, uh, teens and adults and uh, various other things, but ADHD is her um, primary specialty, I'd say. Uh, she'll probably be watching tonight a little bit. So she Hi, Mariah. Be, when you're on. Yes. <laughs> or she may see this later. <laughs> Who knows when she sees it later, but she, I think she'll be coming in. Um, and um, so I joined her um, just really officially, officially uh, this month in June. And uh, my work is primarily in dialectical behavior therapy, which is a whole big uh, thing that maybe we'll talk about some other time, but it's a mindfulness-based therapy that really helps folks with extraordinarily stormy emotions, trauma histories, and people that struggle with suicidality and self-harm. Mm. Um, and I also work in other mindfulness-based uh, approaches and therapy, um, work a lot with addictions. I have a, a dual license. I'm a licensed professional counselor, mm-hmm. and I'm a licensed master's addiction counselor, and have really come to love that work. Amen. And, you know, most of you know who I am. I'm Brad Riley. I'm uh, a pastor here in the city of Wichita, have been a pastor for many years, uh, do some pastoral counseling. They were kind enough to invite me to be a part of the North Star Therapy Center here Mm -hmm. so that Brad Riley Ministries can help bring uh, kind of a spiritual dimension, although they didn't need me to do that because... Scott and Mariah are both, uh, you know, have a spiritual life that is is very good, and and so I'm, but I'm honored to get to do this. So we're um, glad to have you here. It, it is truly a blessing. Uh, Scott and I go way back to the Christian Counseling Center days, uh, that was owned by wow. First Church of the yeah. Nazarene, mm-hmm. and uh, that's going back there a little. Let's go back than a little thought. bit. Yeah, time time is flying. <laughs> time is flying. But I've seen a few more names pop on, and we want to thank mm-hmm. you for joining us tonight. There's Mariah. And there's Mariah's on to watch us. Hello. My, hello, yes. Mariah. We were just talking about you. Yes. And and we're those of you who've joined us tonight, this is a special occasion, a special edition, really. Mm-hmm. This was kind of born out of out of uh, just a conversation that you and I had a couple of weeks ago. You know, our, all the turmoil of three months of quarantine and mm-hmm. pandemic and angst in our society and in our own personal lives yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know it, it we were just sharing one day in the office here uh, and, and the the whole protest thing was just starting to get going and 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 I looked at Scott and I said you know Scott we need you know what we need we need a bridge over troubled water 
Yeah. We have a bridge over trouble. And, and so you don't get worried. I'm not going to sing it for you, okay? But listen, because I hope you can hear it. This is also one of our new songs. It's called Bridge Over Troubled Water. Live version. Live version. Go From 1970. Simon and Garth. Listen to a couple of these words, would you? I hope you can hear them. When you're weary Feeling small When tears are in your eyes I will drive them Well, it's really hard for me to cut that song off because yeah. I just love that song. I just thought of this, so it won't be helpful now. <sighs> I'm going to shit on you. You should have gradually faded out. I don't know how. <clears throat> well, it's okay. I, I should have. I should have used the volume. And There's a volume. Faded that's what I was thinking, ah. but I'm not controlling that. And thank you, Mariah, for your compliments. I'm glad <laughs> well, you, you could hear the song. Oh, good. Yeah. You could hear it. I'm glad mm-hmm. to know you could hear it. Yeah. And, you know, it just that song just fell onto my heart that day. And as we talked about, we said, you know, what's the, what's the essence of that song? Mm. And the essence of that song seemed to be this willingness to enter into another person's pain and offer yourself through self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that, that is so beautiful. That is so needed. That's so who I want to be, who we want to be. That's the person we want to be. So I, you know, I don't know if Simon and Garfunkel, I don't know how they meant it, but it mm-hmm. was it was a song that moved a generation for sure, and it's still moving people. And uh, hey, I see Stephanie on here. Thank you for watching, Stephanie. Greetings, Stephanie. And I want to say welcome to all those who will watch this because the beauty of Facebook Live is it records it for later, and I know others will join mm-hmm. in and watch it later. So we welcome you, no matter where you are, no matter when you're listening to this. And no matter what's going on in your world, uh, we don't have uh, some disclaimers. Let's begin with disclaimers. Let's do some disclaimers. We don't have all the answers. For sure. We do not have all the answers. We really don't have a a long agenda. We don't have an agenda. We don't have an agenda. Really? Yes. But we have a heart that wants to help. Mm -hmm. And we want to begin to start a dialogue tonight. Um, Scott and I, we've chosen... We've been called to be in the healing profession, yeah. and uh, we don't want to be politically divisive tonight. We don't want to uh, to try and appear uh, as we have all these answers, but yeah. but we know that we have to to uh, to be able to talk about what's going on in our country right now. We have to be able to to uh, have some difficult conversations. Uh, I, I read a tweet just today. It's all these things keep popping up today as I'm preparing for this. Mm. And there was a tweet on my Twitter feed that said, uh, let's see if I can get it right, and I'm struggling to remember who it said. It said, um, hard conversations are unavoidable, so we might as well get good at it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very profound. We might as well get good at it. This is a hard conversation um, because... If it's taken wrong, it can be divisive. We want to say, I want to preface everything that we say tonight is given out of Christian love. Scott's a Christian. I'm a Christian. Um, we give this out of Christian love, and we are trying to be healers as best we can. Um, but in this 
in this angst of what our country's going through, I wanted, I really wanted to talk with Scott tonight and let you, some of you hear Scott. You hear me every week, and many of you have never heard Scott. So I wanted you to hear his heart too, because um, Scott's very gifted at helping people when they are in their deepest anxiety. And uh, that that's a gift. That's a calling. And I, uh, I think all of the turmoil and trouble that we feel in our culture today, in our mm-hmm. society, is, is uh, I, I, I wondered, Scott, just how much worse it is because it's bubbling out of this incredibly fast change in our culture that we were all thrown into. Um, this quarantine, this pandemic, which, which was technically unavoidable, and we're not here to pass judgment on any of that, but the, but the question is, um, that, that alone, if you take out the issue of all the protests and the racism that we're feeling, if you take that out, just that alone, that, that pandemic and that quarantine has had a tremendous psychological effect, I think, on a lot of people. Would you? Yeah, you I absolutely agree that? with that. Yeah, I could just kind of, uh, you know, some initial thoughts are that um, I think the, you know, I think this pandemic and the quarantine uh, and all the things that have emerged related to that have basically just really laid bare for us things that we all already know mm-hmm. um, and has brought into a very acute relief that we don't know what the future holds, mm-hmm. um, that we, we can't control the outcomes of our lives. Right. You know, think about what, when Christ says in the Gospels that, you know, um, don't worry about tomorrow. If you don't know what tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, I will bring who can add another day to their head or sorry, another hair to their head, uh, you know, by worry or another day to their, their life. You, you can't do that. And also we just, we can't control outcomes. Um, we don't, uh, we're, we're not, we're not the masters of our, uh, destinies as we think we're. So I think there's that piece. Uh, and then there are just those real practical things that have really been affecting people's livelihoods Mm-hmm. Uh, which every, we now see how interrelated the world is mm-hmm. by way of the pandemic and the way that a, um, uh, a virus can be transmitted globally and also how our um, you know economic world is also interrelated mm-hmm. um, here yeah, within sure. our country and uh, all the various businesses I hear. I work with a lot of folks from uh, aircraft, a lot of my clients are aircraft uh, factory workers, or some kind of uh, specialty mm-hmm. subset under, um, you know, servicing airplanes, yeah. whether it's building cabinets or, you know, machine making, those sort of things. Um, and so it's brought a lot of insecurity to, you know, again, it's, it's been acute, has been abrupt. Uh, I think it's brought a sense of fragility to a lot of folks or a sense of their own fragility that, it, you know, um, we think about how long, how long we've been aware of the pandemic or been in quarantine. Uh, and already, you know, so many people suffer near homelessness or right. uh, tremendous financial destitution. Um, yeah, so I have experienced with my clients, in my case, because of telehealth, they've been able to continue to work. And Mariah and I, have, and I'm sure this is true for many of our colleagues, we've been exceptionally busy. Um, folks are in need. They are stressed. They are concerned. They're depressed. They're, uh, you know, facing some of their old pet addictions that they're trying to overcome and mm. this makes them a little more vulnerable to that mm. or they're feeling the stress of getting to spend a little extra time with those we love in quarantine <laughs> yeah that's right and uh, finding out just what really drives me crazy about them and vice versa uh and all those sort of things yeah so uh, i don't know if i'm since we're not scripting it i think i'm doing okay but i, I now i'm finding myself kind of no. uh, meandering a little bit no you're doing great um yeah i, w- I wanted people to get inside your sure. eyes of what's happening mm-hmm. in our in our yeah. in our certainly in our city, uh, but in all across our culture, uh, what's happening emotionally and, yeah. and psychologically with so many people. Yeah. And then, if that weren't enough, we have uh, uh, this deep sore that is festering. Oh, yeah. This deep sore of, of of racism and violence and protest that is that is uh, e- erupting. And um, we're not sure how to handle it. What's our response? And, and honestly, I want to ask some hard questions tonight because, uh, you know, the truth is I, I, I've been trying to think through some of this and things that, that I'm learning. Uh, you know, I, 
I don't have the answer mm-hmm. to racism. But I want to be a part of the solution, not the problem. Yeah. And if I'm going to be part of the solution, that means I have to look deep inside myself. And I need others to help me look deep inside right. myself yeah. to see something that maybe I can't see or even admit. Sure. Um, sure. And, and I, I, I want to share a little something that a very dear friend of mine, he's a doctor here in Wichita, mm-hmm. has written. And, and he, he, just, he wrote this therapeutically out of his own uh, angst and, and thoughts. And he said this concerning Christianity and racism. And uh, he offers a disclaimer, you know, by saying, you know, he was born in 1962 and he's white and he grew up in a Southern Baptist church. And, and all that to say he wasn't trying to be white and he didn't think about being white. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, I'm not going to tell you that this means anything other than it was an experience that opened my eyes uh, to areas that I had been blind. And what he said that about being in, uh, since then, in his growing up years, he's spent time in the inner city, he's spent some time in Africa, and he's saying, I'm not saying that makes me anything other than just knowing that it, it is an experience that opened my eyes to some things. Mm-hmm. But, but what he said that really grabbed me, that I wanted to, to read to everyone, is, is this idea. He said that the Church of the Ancient East viewed sin, and this is going back to biblical times, you know, in the early apostolic times. The Church of the Ancient East viewed sin through a therapeutic stethoscope Mm -hmm. rather than through a judicial gavel. Mm -hmm. And to heal another person, one must begin by hearing the story of their pain. One must enter into the story fully so that one sees themselves in that person no matter how different they are. That's profound. That's that's who I want to be. Mm -hmm. But I fail to be so often. Mm -hmm. And as a person in with our calling and myself as as one who wants to be a healer, in the name of Christ, I want to be a healer. um, This challenges me. How well do I really enter into the pain of brothers and sisters of all different races? Mm -hmm. Right. And how how and how can I do that? Yeah, that's a huge challenge to me, and it and I can't. And what I'm learning is that I can't do it until I admit that I've been I've been raised in a culture that is brought up on racism, mm-hmm. um, and that's hard to admit because I didn't feel that as a child. I mean, right. I, I kind of grew up with the honestly. I grew up with the the classic. Cosby kids, mm-hmm. uh, except half of that gang was yeah. white in my neighborhood. Yeah, we even had the Fat Albert character. Okay, and his little brother. Okay, uh, we, his name was uh, Damon and Curtis, and they called Curtis Jim. Yeah. And we all played together, and and I mm-hmm. thought we all loved each other. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I didn't know that I grew up in a particularly racist culture, but at some point I began to be ex- exposed to it. Mm-hmm. You can't help but be exposed to it. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's like sin, sin is everywhere, yeah. and it can be very pervasive. Mm-hmm. So when we when we look at these type of things, um, the one thing that I'm coming to is I'm saying, you know, I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ is healing. I believe it's meant for the healing mm-hmm. uh, of the people, and and I want to share with you something that this is about as old as Christianity itself. Okay. Uh, Oh, so, by the way, I got a comment. <clears throat> thank you, Mariah, for doing a good job. She says, yeah, it, and thanks, Jace. Jace. Jace, thanks, Ooh. Jace. Thank you. Um, and Leah, thanks for watching. But I, I want to share this is a quote. This is about as old as scripture and Christianity, older than a lot of scripture, as Christianity itself. This comes from Justin Martyr, who lived in 150, early part of the second century, who was a Christian convert and a martyr for the faith. He said this. We used to hate and destroy one another and refuse to associate with people of another race or country. But now because of Christ, we live together with such people and pray for our enemies. I think that's a powerful testimony of what the gospel was doing in the lives of different races from its inception. What it also points out to us is that racism has always been there. 
Yeah, right? right, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just always been there. Yeah, it has been. Um, thoughts on that? Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking that it's, it's I'm, I'm glad you bring this in. I appreciate what you're sharing from a doctor friend. Um, and, you know, and again, these are things that don't necessarily, um, and here we are, we're two white guys talking about yeah. this problem. Uh, and, um, you know, we're, we're part of the solution is what we can be part of. Uh, healing, as you say. I mean, I think it's a better way to go about it. We want so it. in some yeah. ways, um, you know, and I don't want to do a soapbox and, uh, you know, generic virtue signaling and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, there, you know, I think we, we have skin in the game because we are human beings. I've spent some time recently listening to, I think I might have mentioned to you, uh, the, the 60s writer um, James Baldwin, Mm -hmm. uh, who, you know, in many um, interviews and uh, older videos from PBS and other places, you know, black and white uh, film, which is fun to watch because it's so grainy and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's so eloquent and, uh, and also very personal about his experience as a uh, black man uh, in America and said some very poignant things, things that really stuck with me. Mm. Um, and uh, one of those, of course, is that he says that, you know, when, um, you know, when a white person looks at me, he, he says, uh, mm -hmm. they don't see me. They don't see me. So they, you know, and I don't remember mm -hmm. exactly what he says after that, but basically seeing their, maybe what we would say in psychology is our, the projections or their biases or uh, kind of what's been conditioned or mm -hmm. uh, some other layer mm -hmm. there, um, you know, a skewed vision of who this person is or see him as a threat, mm -hmm. you know, and he, mm -hmm. he's not a threat. He also says that those who engage in violence against, say, himself or, you know, people of color, minorities, um, they're not only hurting the people they attack, and I thought this was a very generous perspective, but it's something to the effect that that also changes their perpetrator mm. and dehumanizes him as well. Mm -hmm. It's true. This is sort of a leveling down on humanity mm -hmm. on this, which mm -hmm. I think from a faith perspective, you know, something that's important for us to remember as Christians certainly as a base, which is, I think, what Justin Martyr's coming from, right? Um, all human beings bear the image of God. And I so, think that's huge for us to realize. You know, so everybody bears the divine mark. Everybody has, uh, you know, that dignity however we look at that and i do Amen. think that that is you know what we call sin or in the eastern christian tradition mm -hmm. looking at the dimension of mm -hmm. the, the stethoscope um mm -hmm. th there's an illness and a, and a brokenness of a clear vision of reality or what's real yeah this is part of yeah. the outcome of sin not just bad behavior but mm -hmm. uh, also a skewed perception of of reality um, so, uh, think uh, also, so I wanted to, and I'm meandering again, but we didn't have a script. So <laughs> we don't have a script. Uh, and I also just kind of want to back up a little bit too. This yeah. also gets very personal. Um, you know, I have a couple of, um, nephews who are, uh, biracial, yes. whom I love very much. And, uh, you know, here recently they were both essentially accosted and, um, held prisoner by, you know, in incidentally or racially motivated, mm -hmm. not sure. Um, with a gun to their head. With the. Yeah, yeah, right. By gun point. Uh, Scary. And uh, this is something, so there, there's skin in the game for all of us. And mm -hmm. I think uh, for those of us who, um, it doesn't mean that, you know, in fact, this is a question too. And I think we mm -hmm. might even talk a little bit about the uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. D'Angelo. Dr. D'Angelo. Dr. Robin D'Angelo. Robin D'Angelo. Yeah. That, that concept of white fragility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, as a, you know, uh, you know, just that, that uh, part of that's a tendency even to say, well, I'm not a racist. Because mm -hmm. I don't directly hurt people uh, of other of another color. I'm not trying to go out of my way to stop them from doing anything or to injure them, whether that's emotionally or physically or otherwise. Uh, and that's uh, in a lot of ways missing the the point. Right, missing the, the way point. that we do, you know, unintentionally, unknowingly, uh, contribute to a race racism in our world. Uh, so even with those sort of things, there that very real skin in the game that. Uh, our humanity is really on the line mm -hmm. uh, with all of this, and I do think that um, I do think that the faith has a lot to say to speak into that. For you, sure, you said a lot. There, you said a lot there, Scott. That that feels so right mm -hmm. to me um, that I I want to comment on, and that is this thought that um, 
we are, and when, when Robin, um, excuse me for stammering here, I just, mm. there, there's so much in my heart that I want to get out. Um, I was listening to some of uh, Dr. Robin D'Angelo today talking about this. Her book is White Fragility. Mm. I've not read the book. I have only listened to her um, on video a little bit. And um, the, uh, the Methodist Church, of which I am now pastoring in, uh, has uh, put together a a program. I hate to call it a program, but mm. a, 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 something with her na nationwide that is trying to get their ministers and their people talking about these issues mm -hmm. and and this issue of racism. and And I was watching one of her videos today, and and she made that point very, very emphatically that you know. And I I heard myself in that when she said. People say, well, I'm not racist because mm -hmm. I don't want uh, the bad for anybody or I'm not, I don't care what color they are or whatever. You know, I don't do anything. And what we've done is we've boiled racism down to this issue of bad and good. Mm -hmm. And you're a bad person when you do that. And you're a good person when mm -hmm. you don't do that. And and that's missing yeah. the point. Yeah, right. Because what, what is mm -hmm. the point to me is, and what I heard you saying there, is that in every human being, regardless of color, regardless of their origin, regardless of their uh, ethnicity, whatever you want to say, there is the stamp of Almighty God, mm -hmm. the divine. Yeah. They are his child. Mm -hmm. right. And in that sense, everyone yeah. should be completely equal. Yeah. So what we're left with is, is a world that has conditioned us through sin, yeah that has conditioned us in various different mm -hmm. cultures mm -hmm. to, to be racist without even realizing. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that was a new, that was a hard thing for me to hear mm -hmm. today. And mm -hmm. I, and I yeah. want to learn more and I will be learning more. Sure. That's for sure. But it was a hard thing for me to hear today because I kept hearing myself in that say, well, I'm not a racist. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I'm just thinking back for a, a moment when you or earlier talking about childhood and having, having friends mm -hmm. that were, uh, you know, from a more varied or, you know, more mm -hmm. multicultural perhaps. And mm -hmm. uh, same here, you know, elementary school having a little bit broader uh, range of friends and somewhere along the line, um, just not paying attention. Suddenly it's, uh, you know, uh, where are my, yeah. those friendships aren't, they don't exist anymore. Mm. Really <clears throat> so grateful for my nephews and other folks and people that we know otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um and, uh, you know, how do we, I don't know, maybe do we, we just kind of drift. And that may be part of, like, the culture uh, of racism even. It's just sort of, we just sort of naturally start to sift out in some ways. Mm -hmm. We're segregating mm -hmm. um, even just almost in, mm -hmm. almost incidentally. Uh, it can feel like, um, thinking, too, that in terms of, um, and again, this is not solution stuff. Mm -hmm. but But some things that I find related and so i just put it out here uh as you know i'm eastern orthodox mm -hmm. um and, and some things that i have i don't know what the right word would be enjoyed or appreciated about mm -hmm. orthodoxy mm -hmm. is it's <clears throat> um it's very intentional self-awareness of its spiritual ancestry throughout the millennia mm-hmm uh, which, of course, and in, my, in our particular jurisdiction being Syrian, Antiochian. Antiochian, right. Uh, you know, and I'm of Irish and British descent, yeah. a little bit other Europeans <laughs> and then that kind of thing. So, uh, But this is a, a largely Lebanese community that I, I belong to mm -hmm. in St. George, Orthodox Christian Cathedral here in Wichita. Mm -hmm. but, but there's uh, uh, an appreciation for people around the world who are, who I... You know, we have this practice awareness. I don't know that everybody connects with it. And again, it's something I think that we need to do beyond this. I mean, in terms of like locally here in our, you know, communities and neighborhoods and churches and that kind of thing. But um, understanding, for instance, when there was, uh, when there, when there still continues to be great conflict in the Middle East, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's not as simple as um, Arab people, bad, other, or, you know, mo or Muslim, yeah, right. X, Y, Z, you know, all those sort of very simplistic categories so simple, are yeah. down there. Uh, and a lot of times I think Americans forget that um, 
the church is very much alive in mm-hmm. um, and was very dynamic in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Uh, much much of what we have inherited even as Western Christians. That's true. We trace back to Semitic people. Right. Um, and so I think that's important to realize, too, that, you know, whether it's Africa, Russia, New Zealand, mm. South America, that, you know, we're sharing the same divine liturgy. Right. Uh, is powerful way, at least as a paradigm. It is. I'm still left with, and I think that's why we're having this meandering conversation. Mm-hmm. And I've got to move mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And now, how? What do I do here? What What, what can I do? That's where it all it comes. Like, that's where it all comes back, doesn't yeah, it? I, yeah. I wanted to ask you that question as we kind of work on the second half mm-hmm. of our hour. We're mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. We're going to be responsible with your time. And uh, hey, I think I see a question. It's not enough to be not racist. <clears throat> we need to be anti-racist. Mm. That means examining ourselves and admitting our own bias. And there's even more there that we could see. Yes, Let that's me get Claudia. Hello, Claudia. Claudia, thank you. Of mine. Let's see if and I can Nimoy. find the rest of hers. Where is that? How do I find the Claudia? I right think there. She's, oh, right here. Oh, there she is, yeah. That means okay. examining ourselves and admitting our own biases and then changing them. Spot on. Yeah. Bingo, absolutely. bingo. Thank you, Claudia. Uh, go ahead. Well, that's, that's a difficult thing. I, I, I love... Well, whatever. Make these mm-hmm. predictions. I love all kinds of things. I love, I love pizza. Um, uh, Francis Schaefer. I didn't eat dinner. Let's not talk about food. Let's not talk about food yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but my wife has some great chicken pop. tacos for me when I get home. That's what? She has some great chicken tacos made when I get home. Mm-hmm. Hi, Rhonda. Rhonda's on your watch. And can't Rhonda. Wait. Mm-hmm. And she makes great chicken tacos. Send some leftovers with him, will you? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, the, the famous evangelical apologist... Francis Schaeffer, mm-hmm. from back in the day. You know, one of the mm-hmm. things that's always, one of his statements that's always lingered with me, I don't remember what book it is, I don't know if it was The God Who, who Was There or other, other mm-hmm. writing, but the idea that we, um, the, the culture that we're born into, we inherit the values of that culture congenitally. We're it, born into exactly. it. We contract its values like a virus. Mm. That's a good um, example. And so I think that gets to uh, what... Claudia mm-hmm. is saying that, in fact, we, and Mariah will love this part. Oh, there she is. Oh, I mentioned the kimbibop. You know tacos? <laughs> and, get the kimbap? And, and, and I tried it. I tried it. And it, it's, how do you say it? Kimbap? Kimbibop? That is delicious. Korean. Uh, kimbibop. And it, now it we're looked like it looked Korean. like sushi, but it wasn't. She assured me it was all cooked. It's Korean sushi. <laughs> uh, that's an oversimplification. But, but it's, it's not raw. It's not raw. No, it's more like California. <laughs> but it's delicious. Um, what we're talking about? Oh, Claudia's yeah. point. So we inherit these values and then we're, you know, it, we could be 20, 30, 40, 50 or older before we, kimbap, there's your answer. Thank you, Mariah. Kimbap. Kimbap. Um, okay. Back to like, <clears throat> we could be 40 um, years old. Before and- we stop and kind of go, oh, maybe what I think I know about mm. the world isn't right or true or, yeah. or, uh, or really uh, comports with, particularly for those mm. of us who have a Christian commitment, mm-hmm. uh, just doesn't really comport with that. And maybe I have been putting my people group uh, in a place that supplants Christ as a central mm. figure, or my political ideology mm-hmm. supplants mm-hmm. Uh, Christian faith. And so that, and that's a difficult place to be because then we can experience what lots of us are familiar with cognitive dissonance. Mm. Uh, where suddenly the ideas that we have, we're confronted with new information, and we may be convinced by the new information intellectually, but we're still right. living otherwise. And to throw in a little bit of interpersonal neurobiology, um, you know, we, boy, God made us, we have this internal stuff um, in our nervous system where our brains are literally wired uh, based on input we get from our environment, our interaction with the environment, messages and images that we receive and mm-hmm. get in particular from a very young age, we're, we're not discriminating uh, with that sort of sense of right. wisdom or morality. Uh, we just sort of take it in. Uh, and so if um, we're raised in a situation where it's kind of like our, our, our families are sort of polite, but they're like, but, you know, honey, you're not going to date colored people. Mm. Yeah. That's probably what Claudia is getting at. So, oh, yeah. well, of course, we don't do that. Yeah, oh, but yeah. we like those people, but yeah. we're, we're not going to have them at our house right. for dinner right. or, um, you know, that sort of thing. Or we look at ourselves and kind of go, hmm, that's interesting. Why does that bother me? Yeah. Why would it bother me that maybe my um, 
son or daughter might date or court somebody yeah. of a you know another racial group. Sure. You know, you were, you were talking about that, uh, you started to talk a little bit about neurology there, mm -hmm. and and you have shared with me before, and I've heard in some of your talks, the things that, it, that you, you use your hands, I'm not, I'm not going to use all the wrong words, remember? Talk to us about that, that was really helpful to me, I just didn't learn all the language. I hope you can hear my knuckles pop, because I get excited <laughs> about interpersonal neurobiology. Um, and, and so, well, basically, um, yeah, what we're what Brad's talking about is, this comes from a, um, a well-known psychiatrist and uh, neurologist named Dan Siegel, who, who uh, has coined a phrase called mindsight. It's kind of this concept of our ability to see our own mind, being self-reflective, and also our ability to see the minds of others by way of emotional attunement. So I can know how mm. someone else feels. Yeah, I'm not just reading a face, but on a real deep neurobiological level, I'm experiencing what the other person feels. Um, the hand gesture here that Brad was talking about is um, basically the idea here is that the, the hand represents our brain. And in this case, here's in the, up here is what we call upstairs brain or our neocortex where we do all our higher reasoning and all that good stuff. And James Todd Hopkins joins us. Hey, Todd. Glad you could join us. And um, basically, this is where we do stuff like, uh, you know, thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow, et cetera. Back here's the hippocampus, which is working memory, but also compassion centers of the brain. Up here in the frontal area, executive functioning, so we can get stuff done. And the parents, if you will, mom and dad of the brain are here. They help us triage emotional impulses. Okay. We peel these back, and I'm simplifying this. Yeah. Then the thumb down here. Uh, represents what's called the amygdala. And for the uninitiated, the mm -hmm. amygdala is Greek for almond, which incidentally mm -hmm. is my favorite nut. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. Butter. Um, it's shaped like that. And this is where we, where, uh, when we're confronted with certain outside stimulus uh, or stimuli, <clears throat> we, we experience fight, flight, or freeze mm -hmm. responses. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is like our warnings. It's like gets us moving to do things or freeze and hide uh, mm -hmm. from danger, that, that kind of thing. Or run away. Um, so when our brain is like this, when upstairs and downstairs brain are folded together, this represents upstairs and downstairs brain talking to each other. Mm -hmm. We're emotional, but the upstairs brain is also kind of guiding that emotional stuff. And so we're not just getting flipped. And so when we're doing therapy, or uh, hopefully it's be meaningful to the folks mm -hmm. watching at home, um, when we Hand, raise our hands up. This is when we. This is to symbolize when we are flooded with stress or fear or you know flight yes. or anger or uh, whatever it is. And so now upstairs and downstairs, we're in, they're not talking to each other. Yeah. The amygdala is running the show. It's all impulse now. Yeah. So this is the limbic system, mm. and which, by the way, I do want to throw this out mm -hmm. real quick. I watch uh, taking a break for a while. In part, thanks to Brad, because <laughs> kind of doing going to be a little free pastoral counseling, but just step away from all the news feeds for a while. Yeah. But what I what I do watch and witness, I think we, I, I think kind of culturally, we're not. Uh, I don't think we're thinking about this in terms of even how we um, how we send in the police to deal with mm -hmm. citizens in these situations, mm -hmm. because we all have these limbic systems, mm -hmm. and here's mm -hmm. inordinate stress. People are embracing this great American tradition of dissent. Mm -hmm. uh, if, and I don't want to get again. I want to get political about it, but protest is is a great American system. It is, yeah. uh, and, and this this is from this is how a, a, a group of people who feel um, not only unheard, mm -hmm. profoundly invalidated mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. oppressed, and mm -hmm. th this is the best they could do. Um, they are, you know, frankly, on some level, there's an overwhelming you know, um, mm -hmm. emotion there. And so it's a catalyst for change. And then that's, uh, you know, we send in, um, look, and I'm a civilian here and I love, uh, let me say again, I love pizza. Mm. I love Jesus. I love Mariah. I love you, Brad. Amen. Okay. Amen. I love you. Um, and I appreciate the service of our military and our police mm -hmm. officers. Mm -hmm. and so we send folks in, into these high-stress situations, and I don't know how well they trained they are in terms of, like, thinking through, like, mm. I'm having an Olympic reaction right now. Right, yeah. And we're putting all these people in this uh, very explosive situation where mm -hmm. everybody's flipped. Mm -hmm. 
And it doesn't matter if you're wearing a uniform or you have authority or not. You're yeah. still a human being. You're under enormous stress, which almost inevitably will end in conflict. End in conflict. See, that that whole, I've been thinking a lot about that. That was a while back, I don't know, a couple of years ago when I was listening to you do a talk on that once. And that is, even though I can never remember the terms because I'm not, not trained mm-hmm. like Scott is, it just made so much sense to me. And I've been thinking about that in terms of uh, learning, wanting to learn how to regulate my own uh, emotions so I don't get mm-hmm. flipped. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when we are already in an emotional state from a three-month p- pandemic quarantine, mm-hmm. loss of job, loss of income. You, you were, it's an extraordinary time. It's an extraordinary I mean, time. Yeah. Layers and layers. And, layers. and it's going to take an extraordinary, uh, an extraordinary response mm-hmm. of love and patience and open-mindedness and being willing to look and say, maybe this isn't, the answer isn't as simple as I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, on all sides. And so that's really the heart of what we're wanting to do tonight is to get to talk, just, just to begin a dialogue about maybe the, the answers to our troubled waters, the bridge that we need to build, it's not an easy thing. And it's not just clear cut, but somewhere the answer to building that bridge has to be born out of love and self-sacrifice or surrender. Thinking about the words to the song, you know, what did he say? He said, uh, uh, when tears are in your eyes, I will dry them all. Mm-hmm. Not just tell you to go dry them. Uh, when, uh, when you're down and out, I'm on your side. You know, uh, there, there's a lot of empathy and love in that, that it's going to take on, on both sides. So for us to have dialogue, and right now, people are so polarized politically, economically, socially. Everybody's so polarized, there's no dialogue happening. There's no healthy dialogue happening. And my prayer and my goal of just beginning, you know, here we are in Wichita, Kansas, two, two guys with, uh, you know, some people listening to us, thankfully. Uh, but we're not thank here. We're not here. Thank you. We're, we're not here with all the answers. Yeah. We just want to begin the dialogue and begin the dialogue in a healthy way. How can we begin to build a dialogue that will serve as a bridge to get us to the other side? And what's at the other side? What's at the other side of troubled waters? Um, well, you know, I had a conversation, Scott, with, with uh, some people just re- in my Bible study the other, I think it was in the Bible study the other day, uh, teaching different places, and I can't remember where I had this conversation the other, but I was talking about the kingdom. Oh, it was in the sermon I preached on Sunday. And we are down to low power mode. Oh my goodness! I've well, got it plugged in, but it's not working it's not very well. Juicing up, okay. It's not juicing we're up, going into even low though power it's mode. plugged in. We're going into okay. low power mode, but I'm not going to let that get me flipped. Don't let it get you flipped, Brad. <laughs> Just breathe. I don't understand why it's not All working. All is well. Okay, I'm not. Maybe it came it unplugged. Not getting the blue light here. I think it's the cord because I just went out and bought it. Yeah, it's not working. Well, the good news is we might make it till eight o'clock, but. Uh, I was saying, you know, I was talking about the kingdom of God. You know what's on the other side of that bridge to, over to our troubled waters is, is the kingdom of God. The kingdom mm. of God is a place of peace and love and joy and harmony because those, and love and light because this is who God is. It is the essential teaching of Jesus Christ that he came to bring the kingdom of God among us. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. Mm-hmm. And, right. and so when we can begin to have this dialogue about prejudice and about race and about, about people's needs and rights and everything, I, I really believe we're, we're getting closer to what's on the other side of the bridge. And that's the kingdom of God. That's where we want to be. We want to be. We pray every day, you know. When you think about the Lord's Prayer, when you pray that, if you pray that, mm-hmm. and I hope you do, yeah. you know, thy kingdom come, come. thy will be done. That, those are huge words to, to just sit and sit with that for a yeah. while and meditate with that yeah. for a while, okay? Yeah. Um, so um, one of the first steps, I, I wanted to ask you as kind of the, mm. 
the official therapist in the room, what are some first steps that you think will help us on to start building the bridge? What, what can we all do? What's, a, what's something we can all do? I have something in front of me mm-hmm. that, that uh, our friend, uh, our doctor friend wrote. Yeah. And he said, to heal, I'm going to read it to you here. To heal, we must place the knife where the wound is most putrid. Ouch. We go to the surgeon, we go to the doctor, and there's a cancer among us. There, the cancer is in our abdomen. He's not gonna, he's not gonna help us by operating on our leg. You must put the knife where the problem is the most putrid. So that means, and the pl- the place where I'm afraid it's the most putrid, Scott, is is in is in our hearts. It's yeah. In your hearts. I, I, so, so I'll start my response with a, a brief word from Dorothy Day, mm-hmm. uh, whom some um, may know uh, from uh, Catholic activists from back in the day, um, advocating for the poor. I think. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, she says this, and so I'd just say, kind of the basic would be love, and to love with understanding and without understanding. To love blindly and to folly, to see only what is lovable, to think only of these things, to see the best in everyone around, their virtues rather than their faults, to see Christ in them. Mm. So it's an, an intentional, um, you know, way. Well, how do I? How do I look at others? Mm-hmm. On that therapeutic level and the modern psychotherapy. Let me say that's not just a paradigm shift, but that's also a kind of a cognitive shift or uh, mm-hmm. become more psychologically flexible. In being intentional or mindful in terms of uh, where my bias and how I maybe see somebody, mm-hmm. my first thought. So I don't see James Baldwin as a threat, but I maybe hopefully become more skilled at meeting and knowing James Baldwin as James Baldwin. Excellent. And I see Mariah posted something there. I was going to yeah. comment yeah, on Mariah's, Mariah's thought, just goes right with what you were saying oh, okay. there. She said, I think when our pain is great, empathy for others can be challenging unless mm-hmm. there is a conscious effort to practice the willingness and openness. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down the word mm-hmm. intentional in what you were yeah. reading from Dorothy, and she, wrote, she used the word about that? conscious effort. That's wow. intentional. <clears throat> we have to intentionally yeah. try to see our own biases mm-hmm. and intentionally mm-hmm. try to work on overcoming those biases, yeah. healing from those biases. And uh, wow, it's... Beautifully said, Mariah. Beautifully really, said. Beautifully yeah, said. our... our pain. Our empathy can be can be challenged, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is the thing about uh, as I was telling Brad <clears throat> probably last week sometime, uh, and I and I did my Facebook post because that changes the world every time I post something on Facebook, <laughs> of course, right? But but just basically telling folks like I, you know I got to step away and yeah. I'm, I'm going to go back to the Beatitudes. Oh yes, you know I want to keep going back to the Beatitudes um, because. I begin to get flipped. There is mm. much actually to experience, I think, righteous indignation over. Mm. There's much to be genuinely, <clears throat> pardon me, outraged uh, about. Uh, but it can become so pressing. And then to uh, steal the language of someone, you know, from Stephen Covey, and I don't remember his source, but, you know, start feeling the tyranny of the urgent. I've got to do all these things now, and I have to know all the facts and all the information that's coming in from the pandemic and what's happening there in the debates or what's mm-hmm. happening, uh, you know, with the, you know, the, the riots and the protesting and uh, what's happening with the police and reform and social justice. And those are really important things. And then I'm overwhelmed. And then I become empty and not in a healthy kind of way, or as mm-hmm. we say, um, you know, in Christian spirituality, not in that in a canonic emptiness mm-hmm. Uh, that self-emptying, but just empty, spent. Plus, there's so much noise and junk in here. Yeah. There's no room for God anymore. Yeah. It's just this clutter and noise, and so it's good to be able to step back uh, and just even allowing for some silence to emerge. So I'd also say yeah. that's another thing that we can do. It doesn't get us to like some perceived finish line right mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. but we need to back up. Mm. We need to take some breaths. And we just need to put down the mobile devices and the streaming yes, and yes, the news yes. and just be present. Mm. 
That's so true. That's so good. And uh, spend some time mm-hmm. letting the mind quiet and detox from all the input. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm afraid that if we, you know, particularly, and this is, I think, especially true for mm-hmm. uh, as Christians, and I'm probably projecting my own spiritual battles onto everybody else. <laughs> uh, but if I, if I don't make that room for silence to really hear what silence might say to me, an opening space for God to occupy me, I won't have anything to offer the world but my own mm. egoistic and narcissistic desires. Yeah, that's so powerful. That is so powerful. You know, this you're you're coming full circle to the realm of what I what I really love to talk about, what I think is near and dear to me in pastoral counseling and and in working with people, and that is the spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. We have to become intentional in, in the spiritual disciplines of things like meditation, mm-hmm. mindfulness, if you will, and the, yep. the way they accompany our prayer life. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, th- and, and, and here, you know, that I've said this to you before, I, I feel like, and, and this, this is true, what I'm about to say is true because of the same thing. We're born into the family we're born into, we're born mm-hmm. in with all these biases, and, and we're socialized, if you will, without our own choice and without our own knowledge. Right. Um, <clears throat> but we, how we perceive who God is mm-hmm. and who we are mm-hmm. in relationship to God. Yeah is in most of us, if not everyone, yeah. It, yeah. it's flawed. And, and we mm. must strive for a healthy vision of who God is and who we are. Because the truth is, who I am to God is who everyone else is to God. We're all his children. Yeah. As we said earlier, equally, mm-hmm. regardless right. of race. Yeah. And, and we, we have to begin there. And, and we have to begin with who is God. And we have to start thinking in terms of being very intentional. I, I, uh, you and I read a book together several years ago mm-hmm. called Beginning to Pray. That book revolutionized my life. We picked it up one day at Eighth Day Books and we read it uh, at different times and we would meet to talk about it. That book really revolutionized, revolutionized my life because it's not just about prayer. It's really insight into who God is Mm -hmm. and who I am in relationship to God. And only then can I even begin to understand what prayer even is and and, Mm -hmm. and meditation. So plug for that book, Beginning to Pray by Anthony, I didn't think I'd forget his name, Bloom, Anthony Anthony Bloom. Bloom. He he was a, a metropolitan, an archbishop of the Russian Orthodox Church who Wrote it back in like 1970, but mm-hmm. it is yeah. truly not a long read, but a deep read, a classic. Yeah, uh, highly recommend to you. It's a timely and timeless book. Yes, yes, very timely. Did we mention Eighth Day Books? Eighth Day Books, best bookstore in the world. What? Right here in Wichita, Kansas. It is. It is the best bookstore in the world. Truly the is. Worn. Love it. I love Eighth Day Books, and um, yeah. So I've I've seen some new names jumping I on do. I here. I see and Dana. I'm, I see a Nikki. And I know I Hello, missed welcome. several. And I'm so glad to see yeah, you. Thank you for showing up, joining us. Joining us. Um, we are uh, well. We're coming up on the the end of the hour. This and, might be like a to be continued thing. I, I think it could be continued because I have so much more that I I need to learn. Me too. Before I continue to just yeah. talk. Um, but I hope we have challenged you tonight. In, in, a, in a good way, to, to be introspective and to, uh, as Scott was saying, to step away from some of the media, step away from some of the vicious cycles that we're, that we're trapped in that get us inflamed and, and begin to center yourself. And I know everyone in our audience tonight may well may not be a Christian, and that's okay. Um, we're all God's children. Um, and whatever your practice is or whatever your belief is, I want you to know that there is great value from uh, m- this mindfulness behavior. When Scott began to explain to me uh, mindfulness uh, counseling and, and DBT a few years ago, I was just so taken by it. I, I just wanted to immediately say, yes, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm so glad you've found, a great tools there. you've found some great tools there and you share them. And I want to plug your book. 
Scott has a book that is called Don't Let Your Emotions Run Your Life. That's a good book because that is what we've been talking about. It's a good book. <laughs> All the British reviews on Amazon are positive. <laughs> the British reviews. The American reviews <laughs> are mostly good. I just want to um, say thank you, United Kingdom, in case anybody out there hears that. I'm yeah. sure they do. I'm That's sure good. Also available at Eighth Day Books. Eighth Day Books. It is available on the shelf at Eighth Day Books. Go there first if you're a local person. Yes. Or go on their internet. Yeah. Their internet. I'm starting to like an old guy. Go on their (laughs) internet. (laughs) Get off your internet. Get their internet. Just, you know, um, yeah. Go to the website and you can order it or other places. But yeah, thank you, Brad, for mentioning that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, well, I... I see that my uh, battery's getting low on my phone. Yeah. I don't want it to just shut off with Your battery's saying, low. My you, battery's you need low. Chicken tacos. I need chicken tacos, that's for Rod sure. Rod needs to fuel you up with some chicken tacos. The decaf just isn't doing the it for me. The decaf isn't, but we do want to say thanks, Churn and Burn. Churn and Burn. We're doing all kinds of one plugs of, tonight. One of our other unofficial sponsors. That's right. Churn and Burn. Churn and Burn is next door to us. That's right. That's to the counseling handy. office. Brew yourself a favor. Get an extra shot. Yeah. Gosh, they're clever. What a favor. It would be a favor and flavor to me because it's an extra shot of decaf and flavor like that. But uh, but thank you again for, for spending some time with us. Um, I want to invite you. We've had some great interaction here. I, I want to invite you to continue to interact. Uh, mm-hmm. On Brad Riley Ministries uh, page, uh, Wise Mind, Wise Life is Scott's page for his practice. It's called Wise Mind, Wise Life. Please go look at it. He puts posts that really do change the world. They change my world oh, well, when I read his I posts. Okay. He puts a lot of great thoughts out there, way more than I do, and I'm I'm just always envious of how he's so organized and putting his thoughts out there. But I, I do want you to go look it up, but continue the dialogue with us yeah. until we meet again. I was going to say, they probably already know this, but if you are watching now or later, you didn't think about your question or comment, of course, you should just leave one on the video afterwards and we can check that out. And Brad and I will talk. Yes. And uh, maybe we'll be sitting down together again. Um, and we'd also probably like to hear kind of like what's useful maybe so yeah, far. Absolutely. And uh, maybe where, where, where would you want to take the conversation next as we continue um, to explore this, hopefully in a, re- in a redemptive direction, in right. the direction of healing. Right. That's, yeah. that's beautiful. Thanks for putting it that way, Scott. I love that word, redemptive. We want our ministry to you tonight on this uh, video as well as... Uh, any future ones that we would love to do, we want it to be redemptive in your life, in our life, in mm-hmm. everyone, in our society. We want to be voices for a healing change. Yeah. And uh, so thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, Please do uh, put some comments on there to help us with maybe future thoughts, that, things that you would like to hear about. Hmm. Um, I will put this up on my podcast. As I mentioned, this is a special edition of, uh, it's called what? Forming the, the Spirit Within. I'm going to be on a podcast. You're on a podcast called Forming the Spirit Within. That podcast can be found at formingthespiritwithin.org. I'm going to be on a Uh, podcast. So it is podcasted, and I will be anyway, along with much of that podcast is about Bible study, but it's also classes and just conversations. I recently started to add a couple of conversations. Usually they're with myself, so I'm really glad to get to do this with you. Thanks for having me here. And uh, so it's been so good. So check out that Forming the Spirit Within, uh, as well as Brad Riley Ministries and Wise Mind, Wise Life and North Star Therapy. Uh, Mariah Warden, thank you. It says you guys are amazing. What a great conversation. I am so blessed to be a part of this counseling center and and your friendship and your guidance. So thank you. She's fabulous. Uh, She is fabulous. And I just appreciate her so much. So, everyone, thank you. We're going to sign off, but I got a feeling we'll be back again. I think we will. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Scott. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. God bless you, my brother. Okay. Baffle the darkness. Baffle the darkness. Amen. See you later. Well, that's all we have time for today, and I want to thank you again for listening in. I hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. While you're here, why not take a moment to add a comment or perhaps ask a question? You know, Forming the Spirit Within is a listener-supported ministry, and I really appreciate your feedback and your support. If you'd like more information on how to be a part of this ministry, you can find it online at bradreillyministries.org. Again, thanks for listening and spending the time with us today. 
And may the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you as he forms his spirit within you.